This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. say, hey, listen, you're doing it wrong. I've been in the body of Christ for so long now. You're heathen. Read your Bible. Do it in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he falls. Sadly, have we not seen many godly men who started off well, had great ministries, all son. Starting off is easy, finishing is hard. Humility is crucial for all Christians. Whether you're a new believer, full of passion for your newfound faith, or decades into a journey of faith that's put you in a position of leadership in the church, you're vulnerable as long as you walk in the flesh. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will encourage us to remain humble and acknowledge our need for accountability from our brothers and sisters and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Well, Let's join Pastor Reddy in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 as he begins his message, Jesus the Great High Priest. The only priesthood that you do find in the New Testament includes every single one of you who have been born again. Every single one of you are part of the family of God. Look what Peter writes in his first epistle, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 to 10. Peter writes this, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, we weren't a people, But we are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We are the priesthood. We're the priesthood. And so any any practice, any uh, religion that has a priest in place, run. Run. It's not biblical. It's done. Christ has done away with that. The Jews uh, to this day do not have a high priest. They don't have a high priest. It started with Aaron and it ended AD 70 when the temple was destroyed 40 years after Jesus' resurrection. Okay? And so think about that. No high priest. They, ne- they have rabbis all around the world, but they don't have a high priest. We do. We have a great high priest. His name is Jesus Christ. And Sally, you know, you, you see this is that, you know, man tends to look at man. They put a dependency on man. Whether it's a priest or a pope or some world leader, sad. And, and they are up there and they get all the glory. The glory that belongs to God. It's not biblical. God never put, you know, a, a, a priest in place. He puts leaders in place. Um, but, that's, but not to put their hope and trust in man. I hope you don't put your trust in me. Because <laughs> I'm going to disappoint you, I promise. I hope it's in Jesus Christ. And Jews, you know, they depended on the high priest. 
And sadly, to this day, they're still looking for a high priest. And, and just think about it. The, the, the first readers of the book of Hebrews are thinking, let me go back. And he's just bringing this all together. So listen, that was a shadow of things to come. Jesus is the substance. All that is a picture. The temple, the tabernacle was a picture. It's supposed to give a picture of heaven. The cherubims woven into the, 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 the temple veil. And that, that's, that, that veil that separated the Holy of Holies, it, it was woven, it was, it was gold, purple, and some of you scholars let me know. Red, I believe. But you imagine when Jesus was crucified, about that veil, when Jesus was crucified, it says that the veil was torn in two. Now, you may say, well, okay, the veil is torn in two. No, it was torn in two from top to bottom, not bottom to top. Because if it was from bottom to top, then you say, hey, some man, you know, someone cut a little, you know, edge there at the bottom, just started to cut and then just ripped it. No, it said it ripped from top to bottom. But here's the interesting thing. It's about 60 feet high. Herod's temple in Herod's temple is a little bit higher than the tabernacle, 60 feet high. That's how, that's like almost five stories. The veil of the temple, five, think about that, 60 feet was torn from top to bottom. And some traditions say, though it's not in the Bible, it says that the veil was almost four inches thick, torn. Why was it torn? God tore it because now there's unlimited access to the Holy of Holy because of Jesus Christ. And this happened as soon as Jesus gave up his spirit. As soon as he gave up his spirit, earthquake, the temple. I wonder if they have actually, I don't know, if they actually replaced it before AD 70. But even if they replaced it, it would be a shame because it was going to be destroyed anyway. And the priest would go. Think about that. We don't need a priest. There is no mediator between God and man, but the man, Jesus Christ. You don't have to go in a closet and confess your sins. Wherever you are, Go before the Lord. Don't put your trust in man. And we have a tendency to put a trust in man. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5, it says, Thus says the Lord, curse. Here's the curse. Curse is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from God. Then in verse 7 of Jeremiah 17, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. Don't trust in man. Don't trust in anybody, regardless of who they are. You know, don't, don't even call them father. Jesus said in Matthew 23, verse 9, it says, Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. Now, you may say, well, I can't call my dad, dad. No, that's not what it's saying here. You can call your dad, dad. But what happened is the Pharisees wanted the title of a father, and it's, it's more in, that, in those days, it meant more like, I'm your mentor. I'm the one to help tell you what to do. <laughs> you know, you come to me. Uh, isn't that what they're doing today? Sad. Jesus said, don't call anyone on earth your father, but yet they have a religion where you go to a priest that does, is not in the Bible, and now you call him father. Do not put your trust in man. Anyway, verse 2, he, speaking of the earthly uh, high priest, he can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is also subject to weakness. Hoping that the high priest did have the heart to have, you know, compassion on those who are ignorant, those who did not know God, or those that were going astray, have a heart for those who are drifting away, if you will. But it says, since he himself is, is also subject to weakness. 
You know, it's a sad thing when you have leaders or, or any kind of religious leader who have this spiritual piety or holier than thou. Well, I've been in the Lord for like 50 years. I got my bachelor's, my master's, and I got my BLT from Mickey D's from Philly, whatever, you know, or whatever it is. And all of a sudden, they exalt themselves so high. And they, oh, be careful. We all have feet of clay. If you, if you look, if you study Aaron, you remember Aaron, he's the first high priest, right? First high priest from God, Exodus 28. Boom. Wow. You're the first one. Wasn't he a part of, you know, creating a golden calf? Yeah. Yeah. Other gods. Hey, Moses, uh, he got lost up there. I don't know what happened. Probably fell off the cliff. He hasn't come back. Yeah, Jesus didn't, but didn't Jesus, didn't the Lord deliver us from the bondage of Egypt? You see, the plagues and, the, and, and, and the divided the ocean? Yeah, but Moses is gone. Let's create, create a golden calf. The first high priest. We all have feet of clay. And here he says he's also subject to the same weaknesses. That's why, you know, we already went to went through two warnings of a series of five in the book of Hebrews, the drifting away and then the unbelief. And it's speaking to Christians. And even the writer of Hebrews includes himself. He says, we, he includes himself. Because I'm so blessed to know that he has, you see all these plural pronouns in his letter. We, hey, me too. I may be inspired by God writing a letter that people, uh, the people of God 2,000 years from now are still reading and studying. But you know what? I, I'm subject to the same weaknesses because our man, he includes himself. Paul wrote to the church of Galatians, Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. He said, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Don't say, hey, listen, you're doing it wrong. I've been in the body of Christ for so long now. You're heathen. Read your Bible. Do it in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he falls. Sadly, have we not seen many godly men who started off well, had great ministries, all of a sudden, starting off is easy, finishing is hard. Finishing is hard. Starting off anything is easy, but to finish it. Michelangelo is a perfect example. How many half torsos and no arms? He never finished it. But here we need to finish. Run the race. Stay the course. Run for the prize. Stay the course. You never know. Be careful. Even the high priest is subject to the same weaknesses. Verse 3, it says, But because of this, he, the high priest, is required. As for the people, so also for himself to offer sacrifice for sins. The old high priest, they had to atone for this. They had to repent. They had to make sacrifices for their sin. The high priest. Why? Because he's a sinner. <laughs> That's why he's not perfect. He puts on his robe like everybody else. He puts on his turban just like everybody else. He puts on his sandals just like everybody You get the point. He's a man, and he's a sinner, just like every man, woman, boy, or girl. Because why? We inherited sin. We inherited sin through Adam. Adam. Psalms 51, 5, it says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in my sin my mother conceived me. We need to understand, you know, it's a beautiful thing about a child, a baby being born, and I don't want to take away from that. But the reality is, 
the baby was born a sinner. That's the reality. Now, if the baby dies, it goes to hell? No, because it has not reached the age of accountability. God knows at what age a child would know right from wrong, and it's up to God. He's the righteous judge. You know, just thinking about, you were talking about today's choice, a ministry like that. How many babies are in heaven? Babies have been aborted, and we'll see them. But the, the, the idea is we're all born with sin. The baby is born to die. We all sin. Who taught the two-year-old how to lie? It comes natural. You don't have to teach anybody to sin. They sin. Verse 4 says, And no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. Aaron, again, Exodus 28, was appointed into the priesthood by God himself. And his sons later on came. You find that in Numbers chapter 20 and Numbers chapter 25. Um, Now, those who challenge Aaron's priesthood, just to show how sacred his priesthood was, um, they were put to death. I encourage you to read Numbers chapter 16. Numbers chapter 16, Korah said, Moses, who do you think you are? You've been leading us. You brought us out in the desert. Yeah, who do you think you are making all these laws and saying God is talking to you? Who, are you, who do you think you are? We don't need you anymore. We're going to start our own thing now. And that's what Korah did. And he went against the priesthood. And, and Moses tried to bring you to Moses God on his face in Christ said, listen, don't do this. You have no idea what you're doing. You go against the priesthood that's been ordained and called by God. You're going against God. I'm telling you this because I want you to fear me. Just kidding. You guys really want to eat, don't you? No, just kidding. No. <laughs> no, it was, and you see that God brought judgment to Korah and those that were with him. The earth swallowed them up. Read it. It's a good story. But you, we, there, there are Korahs in the churches, and, and we've had that before. Say, hey, listen, I'll step down, but I can't because I'll be disobedient to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Maybe he might give you the job. <laughs> if you, you, you got it all figured out, you know all this, you, you start a church. <laughs> May the Lord be with you. If the Lord called you to be a leader, praise the Lord. But if he didn't, I feel sorry for you. And so it was an honor that was called by God. So the high priest those were the qualification of a high priest in chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. Uh, we already see that Jesus is a greater, a greater high priest, but also now in verses 5 through 11, he is a priest forever. A priest forever. Look at verse 5 of chapter 5. It says, So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he, the Father, who said to him, Jesus, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Here, the right of Hebrews, what he's been doing all along, he's just bringing scriptures to confirm this. He's confirming, proving his point using scripture. And now he quotes a prophetic passage in Psalm chapter 2, verse 7. That's what he's quoting here in verse 5. Psalm chapter 2, verse 7. Jesus did not appoint himself, but he was appointed by God the Father. And for you students here, when you see the word son, you know, we look at it in human terms. Because we, we understand it, you know, for those of you who are sons or no sons or have sons, or even daughters, you understand the relationship. But here is speaking about the son and the father. And God used these terms so we could, in part, not fully, in part, understand the relationship between God the father and God the son. Now, the begotten 
is an important word for us to understand. Because many cults are going to, you know, they, they like to attack the deity of Christ. Jehovah Witness will say, well, Jesus was begotten. Because it says so right here. You go to the Webster Dictionary, and it said, you look up the word begotten, it means to, be, to, to, give, to give life to a child. Right? But that's not what it means in the Greek. The, the Greek word for begotten is monogamous, and it means single of its kind, unique. Yeah, if you read it, that's what it looks like, and, and, but that's why we look at the Hebrew and the Greek, because we understand, hey, you know, definitions do change, don't they? Words and meanings change. Pronouns are changing. For, so we go to the Hebrew and Greek, and we find out what it really means, and it's saying that he is unique. Verse 6, as he also says in another place, you are a priest forever. He's quoting another passage, Psalms 110, verse 4. It says in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. You're a priest forever. And unlike the high priest, uh, I can't recall how long Aaron lived, but he died. His son after him died. You see, in order for them to be a high priest, it had to, they had to come to the genealogy through Aaron. They had to be a direct lineage to uh, Aaron. That's why they call the Aaronic priesthood. Because, yeah, they're priests, but to be a high priest, you had to be a descendant of Aaron. And who knows how long all the other priests live, but guess what? 70 AD, it doesn't exist anymore, does it? There still needs to be a priest. Not that we need one, because we have Christ, you see. He's a priest forever. His priesthood is continually. And, you, and we find uh, here, uh, Melchizedek, those, those of you who have been with us in our midweek studies, we're going through the book of Genesis. You, you know who Melchizedek is. Uh, we're going to know more about him, as a matter of fact. Uh, his name is mentioned once in Genesis, once in the Psalms, but is actually mentioned eight, what is it, nine, get it, nine times in the book of Hebrews. And we're going to learn more about Melchizedek, who he is. Uh, so stay tuned. There's more about him. But let's keep on reading. In verse 7, it says, For in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears to him, uh, he's giving us a picture of Christ when he's at the Garden of Gethsemane praying to the Lord. He prayed in vehement cries and tears. Who was able to save him from death and was hurt because of his godly fear. This is when he was at the garden knowing that he was going to go to the cross. Probably, probably, I don't know, don't say, oh, this is gospel, but thinking about, you know what? I was tempted to have the world through Satan. We can look at this, man, he was offered the world through Satan. But you know, that wasn't going to last. That wasn't going to be good. But he said, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. He submitted to the Father, not my will. He said, let this cup pass me. What is the cup that he said, let this cup pass? It's the cup of wrath. The cup of wrath. This is why we can have communion and remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. We take the cup because Jesus took the other cup, the wrath, the cup of wrath. He said, not my will, but yours will be done. And he prayed to the Father so much that it says in Luke chapter 22, verse 44, that he sweated blood. It says this, and being in agony, he, Jesus Christ, prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. There is a medical term, there is a medical, um, term for this, and there's, it, 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 it happens. I don't want to... 
I've, anyway, you can look it up. <laughs> Google it. Uh, verse 8, it says, Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. In other words, Jesus experienced all of what a person goes through here on earth. He knows it's difficult. He knows it's difficult to obey God. He knows that. He knows that. He can sympathize with us, but without sin. Verse 9, and having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Having been perfected does not suggest that Jesus was not perfect before. But what it's saying, it means that he successfully carried out God's plan for salvation. He went through it all. He became perfect as a savior because he could not be a savior apart from suffering and death on the cross. I could not say it is finished. But because of salvation, he became perfected. Verse 10, it says, called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Again, we're going to look more into Melchizedek as we get through uh, in subsequent studies. Uh, then in verse 11, it says, of whom we have much to say. And hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. At this point, we know that, you know, he's inspired by God to write the, write the book of Hebrews. He's inspired by it. But he probably realized, you know, these guys, I'm talking to them, but they become dull of hearing. No, they're becoming sluggish. And I don't want to get in the flesh right now because I'm on a roll. <laughs> you know, I don't want to throw a matzo ball at them so they can pay attention. You know, he says, um, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. They become lazy. How many times we have come to that point? I don't know about you, but sometimes I've been in a place where, okay, you know, all right, that's enough. I want to go sleep. I want to do something else. You know, but I thank God by his grace. You know, he wakes me up. Wake up. John, the Lord said to his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them right now. I mean, I could use that verse right now with you. Saints, we have a high priest, Jesus Christ. We don't need man. We have a high priest who knows what it's like. Listen, he knows what you're going through. He sympathizes with you. Understand that. Never say, nobody knows what I'm going through. No, Jesus knows what you're going through. And he knows because he's been there. He's done that. He has the scars in his hands and his feet to prove it. And he can aid us. He can help us in times of need. And we can boldly go through the throne of grace. We don't have to go to man. We don't have to come to a place. We can boldly, uh, confident, without haste, go to Christ. Because he's a priest forever. Amen? Aren't you glad you decided to join us today on Running the Race? Pastor Eddie has been making his way through the book of Hebrews in a series, Jesus is Better. We're learning some great truths about Jesus coming to be all that the Old Testament had talked about. The strength of God's Word and how it's fulfilled is something mighty to ponder. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We pray that God's Word has been a discerner of your heart today. We're so glad you joined us for Running the Race. Running the Race is a radio ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, 
Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Head over to runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church and hear more messages. Pastor Eddie has more to share with you in the book of Hebrews, so make sure you come back to hear more next time, here on Running the Race.